2: Legal tampering is on, and deals are getting done. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, Hey, man. man! Glad to have you listening, Mike Bell. Our Falcons are wasting no time. As I said, they shouldn't. Right. Go to work. We need to spend some of this money, Atlanta. We need to improve our football team. And, Mike... With the moves that we made so far, how
3: are you feeling? Because we got to fill people in on what's happened. Yeah, I, I saw the. You know, look, I was banging on uh, J- Bon Hargrave. Uh, you got Jeron Payne got signed by the commanders on a really good deal for that team. And then Hargrave signs a deal, which I didn't think breaks the bank for the 49ers, if I'm honest. I really would have liked to have been in the, in the business with him, but perhaps. He's a better fit for what they're doing out there. But is uh, a guy we did tell you about. We did prepare the ground, right, for potential Saints coming over here. And there's a guy that, as Bobby Abert told us a few weeks ago, was developed under Ryan Nielsen and is, is kind of an upgrade over Taquan Graham. And, again, he'll be in the rotation and other guys we've got.
2: Yeah, I. and by the way, we take care of Chris Lindstrom. That was a no-brainer, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. if you wanted to take care of your best offensive lineman, lock him up in his prime years, it only makes sense that you take care of Lindstrom. The smartest thing the Falcons have done, believe it or not, is not franchise tag Caleb McGarry. I mean, when you think about it, uh-huh. right, and you say, well, how do you like all of these moves, Dukes and Bell? I like them. I, I like the-, the addition of, of Jonu Smith. I like the addition of, of David Aliamada. I-, I think signing Lindstrom to a long-term deal helps you feel good about where this offensive line is going to go. And at some point, Jake Matthews is going to call it quits. I'm not telling him to now, Mike, but he's been doing this for over a decade now. He's still very good. But now you've got the next guy in line to lead this offensive line, and he's right. the best player at his position. So they reset the market with the guard the guard uh, numbers mm-hmm. that they put out there as, you know, as far as uh, Lindstrom's contract. But not doing that with Caleb McGarry was a smart play because, again, I think the, par- the part of this, Mike, is you're going to overpay in free agency,
3: but if you're going to do it, do it with the right guys. Right, and with Lindstrom guys, he's a proven piece. And uh, i got to be honest, it's very similar to the Quentin Nelson deal that he got in Indiana at Indianapolis, I should say, with just one more year. So it's basically the same salary, but with more term. So that's the deal there. Wait and see. McGarry can still sign here, guys. He may get no traction anywhere else. Um, Brown from the Chiefs is going to reset the tackle market. Uh, we're getting all the other moves that are going on right now, but it's it's a combination of needs and look, Lindstrom was a guy we didn't spend too much time talking about because I just assumed he would get this. We just assume you draft a guy and that's one of the, the ones that Dimitrov got right. You can't argue with it. He was a plug and play guy. He's a solid piece and with the exception of the Carolina game, who's uh, Derek Brown just has his way with him. That's just one of those mismatches, but he's one of those guys you don't worry about on this
2: team. I totally agree. Uh, Want to know what you guys think. How are you feeling about where this team is spending its money right now I feel pretty good and again we're not done I still think that there's a chance Mike we could still sign a a bigger splash player maybe a Jesse Bates maybe somebody else that we've talked about because again I think some of our needs are going to have to be addressed in free agency and then we'll get to the draft and then we can worry about the draft but right now with free agency officially beginning on Wednesday, it's about getting deals done and, and acquiring players, whether via trade mm. or you're just going to go pay a guy in free agency to improve your team. I think right now, Arthur Smith and, uh, and Terry Fontenot, they're doing a pretty good job. Where else, where else are they going to go? I don't know. We said this. I have no idea, Mike.
3: And, again, we've talked about four, three, three, four. but Hargrave is just a beast. And I just – I mean, you know me. I, you and I probably spent more t- – I think we spent more time on him the last week than any other free agent uh, that we mentioned. But it was an $84 million deal with just $40 million guaranteed to the 49ers. Uh, that's just, to me, was one I thought we could make everything instantly better. But people go with guys they've worked with, and that's cool. And anyamata is no slouch. He will be an upgrade to what we've used in the past – And then, you know, you mentioned uh, the tight end, Uh, you know, bring in a guy in in John Smith who has familiarity with Arthur Smith in Tennessee. And he's also a guy that can block and catch the football. Yeah. Especially because Pitts is more of the hybrid. And then you can move Pitts all over the place. Like Tony Gonzalez was more of a, you know, that hybrid than actually tight end, tight end.
2: What I think, and we'll get Arthur Smith's opinion on this soon enough, but I think when you go get a guy like this, think about our red zone offense. And think about how Arthur Smith has continued to say over the last two years, we've got to score more points. As a matter of fact, we have him saying Mm -hmm. to us, we have to score more points. You're in the red zone. And now, formation-wise, guys, you've got London, Pitts, Smith, Algier, who you've seen now catch the ball out of the backfield, CP. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now, you've got a variety of combinations that you can use. Somebody's going to get open somebody's going to be open, and we know Arthur has schemed very well, so now I just need to be able to rely on guys to get the job done. I think our red zone offense with the addition of John Smith, Mike, helps us. He was great in Tennessee. He was not great with the Patriots. That's fine. It doesn't mean he won't be here. Mm. I just think it's about how they're going to use him. And more importantly, red zone offense is how I see it. Yeah. I
3: mean, absolutely we need to score more points. Thank you, Arthur. And as you said, eight touchdowns his last year working with Arthur Smith in Nashville. And the Patriots offense has been a disaster ever since they lost John. I mean, it just even with Josh McDaniel the first year, just not the same unit. And Mac Jones is struggling up there and I'd probably get a lot better this year with Bill O'Brien. That's a them problem. But now what's next? Still, if we're honest, Falcon fans are probably looking around, because we know guys, and it's not a knock, just folks want the splashy stuff. They want the skilled positions. Well, this was a year we have to build the trenches. We've got to get the trenches, right? So I would imagine the average Falcon fan, based on what I saw on social media, eh, they're kind of like, eh, because it's not the stuff that people get that excited
2: about. Yeah, and I get it. Uh, Listen, I said I wanted them to make a splash day one, Um, this is a different kind of splash. To be honest with you guys, this is a smart splash. This isn't a, I'm just going to go blow my wad on everything, Mike, on one guy and pay him the world and then, oh, we're done. The Hargrave deal, to Mike's point, four years, $84 million, it's not overwhelming. That's not like, oh, my God, we couldn't have done that. But this is a smart splash, and I'm going to give him credit right now for doing this, what I think, Mike, is the right way. Now, what else are they going to do? Because we can't be done, and I don't think we should be, as you continue to add pieces. But you took care of one of your own. You went out and made a trade. And then you went and signed a guy who was a free agent who one of our coaches and, and you know maybe even Terry Fontenot obviously has familiarity with. And to put it plain and simple, guys, David Onyemata was better than Marcus Davenport. He has been. And I think that's one of the reasons why, if you had to choose, they're both out there. You could have easily offered a contract to Marcus Davenport. He's been better. If you ask Ryan Nielsen,
3: turn on the tape. Look at what he's done. Look at the pressure that he's created up the middle. He's been a better player. 6'4", 300 pounds next to Grady. So, as we said, you know, Taquan Graham is one of the guys that has done well, but we just, we need more bodies. Everybody who went to the Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs has got rotations, Carl, on the mm-hmm. defensive line. We have not had that. So, there's, the now, here's the thing. Do you want to address corner or safety through free agency? Some would say Bates is a luxury item when you got so many other things you got to get, but he is a name that the fans recognize. Got to spend this money somehow. I mean, you got to get there at some point. Are we going to address the other guard position? What are we going to do at left guard? Is that still going to be reserved for in the draft? And right tackle, obviously replacing McGarry good news is we're, we're making some moves um, it's just I gotta be honest with you when I look around the league and I see some of the contracts Hargrave is disappointed I realize maybe just again he was never ever ever on their radar it was just something you and I projected because he was the best available DT but the other things out there Garoppolo going to the Raiders I'm like you went from Derek Carr to a you know, <laughs> it's like a Derek Carr light who can't stay healthy if you're honest so you like, work. you don't like that. Moment. No, I, I think Gar- Garoppolo to me is yesterday's news. I, I, I would have, I look at him as a journeyman now, and I think this will be a big nothing in Las Vegas.
2: Yeah. Um, it is a short-term deal. It, it does give them the experience that they were hoping to get. I just don't know if it's an upgrade that that's kind of, if mm. you're going to do what you did, with Carr.
3: You better upgrade. He's like the human operation game. And look, he had his moments. So he, he came up short. He had some opportunities to make some basic throws in the Super Bowl. That would have changed his trajectory. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of a meh move. They're it excited is. about Carr. Now, it is interesting to see what the Buccaneers are going to do because, you know, there's some, there's some rumors out there about Tampa Bay and uh, perhaps making a splash quarterback-wise. We'll have to wait and see on that, too.
2: All right. Uh, and we're going to get you caught up throughout the day as we move along. Deals again being agreed to. It is the legal tampering window. The new league year starts on Wednesday, which means all deals can then be signed and finalized. But this is what we know right now. And all of these deals are basically done. They're just just a matter of them becoming official. Mike White, you mentioned this. So for the Jets, I just want you to think about this, because the one of the dominoes that still needs to drop is the Aaron Rodgers. Right. The and domino. he's still not made a decision. So the Jets lose Mike White, which was a guy that started games for them last year, to the Dolphins. So, in essence, the Dolphins go get Tua's backup. He leaves the Jets, which leaves the Jets with Zach Wilson and whether or not this Aaron Rodgers domino is going to fall, which most people think it is, but no clarity yet there yet. So, the Jets don't even have a fallback now,
3: Mike, with Mike White if Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not coming. Yeah, so they've got to go get Aaron Rodgers and maybe somebody else off the tree or go get another, as we said, the usual rogues gallery of backup backups. Interesting. Baker Mayfield in this division with Tampa Bay, potentially. CJ Stroud up in Carolina. And obviously, we got Derek Carr in New Orleans. I'm presuming that's what's uh, Carolina. Carolina is linked to CJ Stroud and not Bryce Young. We went from no quarterbacks all of a sudden a very competitive division if Baker Mayfield rumors are true. And where does that put our guy? Exactly.
2: Coming up, I'm going to give you a name that maybe we go after when it comes to our Falcons. It is a big day in the NFL. We'll keep you updated throughout the course of the afternoon. Jason Longshore is going to join us at 2.40. And a big announcement coming up at 4 o'clock. Stay tuned to Dukes and Bell and Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Appreciate you being here, listening to Atlanta's number one sports show. It's number one sports station. We're getting you caught up on all of the legal tampering that's going on. Um, And basically, (laughs) these are deals, (laughs) Right. Right. Mike, that are done but won't become official
3: until Wednesday when the league year starts. Right. So it's the phrase just kind of sounds oxymoronic, right, legal tampering, but it's just basically here are the deals that are getting cooked and now you know. Which I, again, why they've come up with this the way the timeline works, I don't know. But uh, everybody's been in cahoots with this, including the agents, and everybody's dropping these inf- these uh, information, more contract information coming out. And uh, the Falcons have made a couple of moves: picked up Jono Smith, picked up a tight end, picked up some defensive line help with David Onyemata, re-signed our fullback, which is a vital part to an Arthur Smith, uh, you know, offense. But again. Everybody waiting, most fans who love the Madden game aspect of the NFL for the big shiny piece, which may yet be uh, coming our way. I don't know. Yeah, and and here's an interesting
2: one um, as we're talking about this. So, (laughs) former Jaguars offensive uh, tackle, that is, Jawan Taylor, has reached a four-year agreement with the Chiefs. Now, if you're not familiar with this, okay, the the Chiefs basically had a decision to make um, with their big, big offensive tackle And Mike, they've decided not to bring back Orlando Brown. Mm. Orlando Brown is set to reset the marketplace when you talk about offensive tackles because of his age and everything. And I was talking with Joe Corey this weekend about this. He thinks that's what's going to happen. But but let me ask you something. So now that this happens and Jawan Taylor goes to the Chiefs and basically the Chiefs are saying, Orlando Brown, you can go wherever you want. We're not bringing you back. Mike, do the Falcons attempt to go out and get Orlando Brown and move Jake Matthews over now?
3: Yeah, move Jake over to the right side, and you bring in the best tackle money can buy, and you go, maybe you allocate uh, draft assets. To the best guard slash tackles, Karonsky can play guard. If you want to go there, there's a lot. It's very rich though to go that high for someone who's going to play guard. So you might just go and uh, do it in the second round, or you maybe do another guy in the uh, in the draft as an upgrade on what you had. Let's be honest, guys. The reason you paid Lynch so much is look at the other side. Left guard has been a black hole for three seasons on this. Actually, longer than that. It has. So that's why you're paying the money. So I, I love it, Cora. If you go get Orlando Brown, then you want to talk about Ritter, and we're going to see what this guy is. you got protection. And if Ritter isn't that guy, whoever we draft the next year will be set for many years to come. Yeah. I, I'm,
2: just, I'm just thinking about this. I don't know, again, the priority of some of these players. Hmm. Here's another guy, guys. Nate Davis played guard with the Titans. He is a guy that Arthur Smith knows well. He's out there. And if you want to feel the guard spot, now here's the deal with Nate. He played right guard, not mm-hmm. left. Right. But can he play left guard? And does Arthur Smith trust him enough? It's a, just another name that is out there. And he's 26. That you go, that feels a void for us, and he's trusted by a guy that knows him well. Nate Davis is a guy that makes total sense to me if you feel like he can play left guard. But the other thing that makes total sense to me is if you really want to go all in on this offensive line, well, now go get Orlando Brown. And Mike, you make the switch, and all of a sudden your line starts to shape up,
3: not only for now, but for the future. Remember, guys, they've already signed Lorenzo Carter. I know that wasn't the sexiest move, but maybe you feel with Anyamata. And again, this is the first thing we're hearing about. Maybe there's more moves to come. Will we go for more edge rushers, or is it uh, pretty much set? Are we going to do that in the draft? We don't forget we still have Ebba Katie, and you still have all the D'Angelo Malone. We got Okindaji. You got a lot of guys. But this is how the good teams get a lot better in the in the trenches by having that kind of depth. So uh, maybe there will be more moves on the defensive side. As long as it's trenches. Carl, we got to do it. We've been preaching it for years. You know, I mean, I've been working with you since 14. Every year, trenches, trenches, trenches. So maybe this is the year they're
2: going to do it. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. You can always find us on social media. He's Mike Bell, A-T-L. I'm at put Him up See Dukes, this radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station across all social media platforms. And, of course, at 929, the game. Stay up on L- Everything that is going on, not only today, but as we move forward, NCAA tournament starting later this week. We are your home for the NCAA tournament. We'll have all the games on, guys. Uh, The playing games Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously Thursday after we get done. Those games will be joined in progress on Thursday, Friday through the weekend and all the way up to the national championship. And Mike and I will be headed to the final four the last month of the uh, – the last week of the month, should I say, in Houston this year. So right. we're going to be there and bringing you all the
3: latest from the Final Four. Yeah, and so, so excited about Kennesaw State. Good conversation on the morning show with Coach Raheem. You'll hear some of that. But I'm just uh, hoping, Carl, imagine if they could do – I mean, look, the Florida Gulf Coast thing came out of nowhere. If these guys could pull it off and the Owls could get on a run. It's so exciting. I remember years ago, Lefty Giselle went all the way to Boise, right? And they, I think – I forget who the upset was, but they won as like a 15 or 16. Let's hope that these guys can capture some magic as well, get something to talk about. Speaking of talking about, you know, we'll get into the headlines, but Georgia Tech making a move, too, as well for head
2: coach. Yeah, it's a big story. Um, And talk about wasting no time. I mean, we were just at Twin Peaks. Thanks for everybody that came out on Friday talking about Josh Pastner and uh, Georgia Tech basketball moving on. And then, boom, Monday. I mean, Mike, you're wasting no time in in hiring his replacement. So, uh, we will get into that because I do think – Whether you know enough about the hire or not, it does bring some buzz Mm. to Georgia Tech basketball. 404-741-0929. Guys, we'd love to hear what you think about where the Falcons are headed and what's going on. As we speak right now, we have the eighth overall pick. Again, all of this could change depending on moves and trades, et cetera. The second pick in the draft is the 44th overall pick. We have the 75th. That's our third-round pick. And then at 4th, We've got the 110th pick, Mike. Um, I think we get two fifth-rounders. We get another one at 134. Uh, And then we have our fifth-round pick and then a couple of seventh-round picks. So that's kind of where we are right now with the Falcons.
3: And, again, guys, depending on what they've they've targeted, but you see part of the reason you do the mock drafts, and I know, Carl, the valuations vary from site to site. But one thing you do see, a lot of corners and a lot of edge rushers, things we've heard from the personnel people, things we've heard. You know, again, Chuck Smith talked about it. We need some help at edge. You could argue – we need definitely need some corner help. Those things are there in this draft. It's a thin draft for wide receiver. So if you want to go get your slot wide receiver, you want to do that in free agency, maybe that'll be. But that's not something that would happen today because anybody who's a slot is not exactly a big money guy necessarily.
2: No, it's true. Um, and I'm not necessarily caught up as much as maybe some others with the, the name versus the need. If it's a need and it's a guy that you feel, feel like can help you, And they sign him. I know we're more enamored with the names. But, Mike, you know, again, I mean, ask guys around the league about David Onyemata. They'll tell you he can play. Ask a fan in L.A. or Seattle, what do you think? They'll probably be like, oh, D. Lyman, I'm not sure. The point is, guys in the league know who can play. And they know the, the void that we have at defensive line. I think that's a really good move. And I applaud that one over potentially going out and spending money on a guy that Hadn't gotten enough sacks over the last few years of Marcus Davenport.
3: Now, Hargrave's deal really does amount to basically a two-year deal for the 49ers because they're always kind of up against it with the cap. But it was kind of a – it didn't break the bank. I think some people thought Hargrave would get over $100 million. That was not even close. So if you look at his deal – you know, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk to Fontenot in the next couple of weeks and find out if that was even on their radar or they just felt fit-wise they they like on Yamada. Guys, as we said, to start the show, Carl, it's any sport. Guys go with people they work with. And, and this was a guy that Bobby Avery told us was in part developed by him because he didn't have all the experience coming out of college and he got better as a same.
2: All right. We're going to continue to talk about all these moves. Uh, and as we – literally, like as Mike got in here, there are three other moves that have happened right. since we got in here at 2 o'clock with teams signing – Uh, certain players like Case Keenum gets a two-year contract uh, with the Texans, right? So he's going to be the backup to whomever they end up drafting, Mike, but they get a guy that they can trust. And if the backup, or should I say the uh, the guy they end up drafting, is either not
3: ready or, for whatever reason, is not performing at a high level, you can put Case Keenum in there and win some games. And you mentioned the uh, Juwan Taylor signing, so as you said, you got Brown will be out there on the float. Also, Carl, the uh, the Chiefs, Andrew Wiley is going to move inside. The Commanders are making money moves all of a sudden. Yeah, they I mean, are. Yeah, Snyder may still be the owner, but they got a Deron Payne contract, which saves up $9 million in cap space with the way it was structured, and they go get the former starting right tackle, Andrew Wiley, from the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, again, the Command Commanders are
2: sort of like us in this, from the standpoint. They have a lot of things, but they don't have as much money as we do, right? That, that's, the, that's the part about this. So they've got to be a little bit smarter about the moves that they're making. But I do like what I've seen so far with Ron Rivera and company with the, the commanders. All right, guys, we're going to come back. We're going to hit some headlines. There is lots going on. Mike mentioned it on social media this weekend. It's the most fun we've had watching them in a long time. Jason Longshore is going to join us. Here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Headlines brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: <laughs> it's a great way to put it. That call right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. That's Mike Conti with the call. His partner, Jason Longshore, joins us right now. He is the analyst for Atlanta United. And, uh, by the way, stay tuned. We've got a pair of standing room only tickets for the Hawks taking on the Warriors game Friday, March 17th at State Farm Arena. We'll give those away between now and the end of the show. Jason, it's good to have you back on. Um, it's good to see this team playing as well as they are. And I'm just going to start there. Why? Why does this look so good and Atlanta United fans and 17s are going, wow, this is exciting? Yeah, it shouldn't be a
4: surprise when you get everybody healthy for the first time and feels like forever. I don't know if this past week was the first week that you have had everybody on the roster able to participate in at least some level of training. The last one out has been Osvaldo Alonso coming back from the ACL injury. Mateo Sosetsu picks up a little hamstring during training in the week. But you're as healthy as maybe this team's ever been under Gonzalo Pineda. And look, when you have a team that's healthy and you can work on concepts like counter-pressing, and you go back to the first goal, and it's a prime example, it's a long ball played by Brad Gazan that then turns into a break the other way after Charlotte had possession and got trapped in the middle third. Turnover happens, goal, immediately. The transition moments were great. I think the overall concepts of the way this team is playing, they're really getting it. And Jorgos Yakomakis isn't starting yet. Derek Etienne is going to have to fight his way onto the field with Caleb Wiley playing the way that he is. Franco Lee Botter has been maybe the best holding midfielder in the league through three games. It's been really good because it's been consistent in terms of who's on the field and how much they can play.
3: Jason, it seems like since uh, Nagby left, we always bring it up about the guy, the glue guy, the point guard for lack of a better word. the guy who gets the ball from the back to the front. It just seems like they've got that thing happening now. and again, uh, Almada making plays Aruju. And I thought the uh, second Wiley goal where Aruju lets the ball pass, which was a really smooth decision. It was very it was, it was just so pretty. It just reminds you, and it invokes, as we said earlier, like the uh, the 17 and 18th season under Tata.
4: <laughs> I can't wait till we get far enough away from those first two seasons that we can push those back into the memory banks and and call on them nicely from time to time. But because this team's really different, honestly, this team is so different than those Tata Martino teams. Tata got conservative during mm. his time over his two years. He got more conservative. You didn't see as much counter pressure. You didn't see as many numbers forward. What Gonzalo Pineda is doing is bold. It's aggressive. Mm. Go back and look at the first goal. Charlotte gets that ball, and they dribble from the right side to the left. Five Atlanta United players around three Charlotte players. They outnumbered them all over the field, and they got push mm. forward. The third goal that you mentioned, that's one where you build up the play out of the back, and it's a little more direct. It's Miles Robinson showing the patience on the ball, and Tiago Almada dropping into that space to almost become an 8 and a 10 in the same play. To drop in, get the ball where an or a Setu sometimes gets it, and then drive forward and turn into the ten, and then lay it off. The run from Almada is good, but the underrated element of that goal mm-hmm. is the run from Miguel Berry. Because if you go back and look at it, it's a three v three ish kind of play. Charlotte's trying to track back and get numbers back when Almada plays it across to his right to Arucho. Barry immediately makes a hard run to the near post in front of Bill Tuiloma, the center back, who then has to deal with him. He has to go with him. That opens up a 2v1 in the middle with Almada following his run and Wiley on the backside. Almada kind of provides a little bit of a feint, but he's going to go to the ball, lets it ride. Wiley slots it home. It's a team goal all the way across the board, even from guys who didn't touch the ball like Barry.
2: How long is it going to take for Yorgos to get acclimated, adjusted? I know he checked in about the 59th minute. Uh, what did you think about his performance? But more importantly, at what point do you think it, it feels, um, you know, he's in sync with everything that's going on?
4: I think he's fine physically. Uh, I think it's just getting his sharpness back, really, at this point. And when you're getting those kinds of performances from Barry, who, who almost could have had an assist on the day as well, the second goal is to throw in Barry with a really nice play, to turn and chest it towards Wiley and gives Wiley the break. It took a deflection. That's why I denied the secondary assist on it. It's cooking right now. So you don't have to force that change. And that's the thing where Gonzalo Pineda has really the benefit of something he really hasn't had for over a year during his time here in Atlanta, where guys are healthy and, and you don't have to make changes just to make changes. The team's playing well and the concepts are, are delivered then You can continue to ride with us. Barry's playing well. Yorgos will be the starter, but you don't have to force it until he's fully comfortable. This buys him a little more time to build that rhythm and build that sharpness back.
3: It is our man, Jason Longshore, guys. More on the developing story that is what the Falcons are doing and the rest of the NFL free agency. It's all coming up right here on Dukes and Bell. One thing is, and I did mention the Tata. Now, you said, yeah, it's not, it's a different animal. The defense still gives you some <clears throat> pause. There was that bicycle kick that would have been a hell of a play. They got some good scoring opportunities, but I think most fans like us will take the high scoring and take our chances on defense. Is it going to be like this all season?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's – Gonzalo Pineda said it in preseason. He wants to press high when his team doesn't have the ball. He doesn't just want to drop into the defensive third, get numbers behind the ball, and, and try to wait it out and play on the counter. This team, I don't think, will ever play on the counter. And it's aggressive. Look, it's aggressive. It means you're going to get 1v1 situations on the outside or in the middle. That sequence was one where they, they just kind of couldn't get the ball clear. I think they were already up 2-0 at that point. Charlotte started getting you know numbers forward, looked good for – there were a couple periods, Rashard, that looked like they were putting things together. I, I, I don't really understand their, their tactics and their lineup right now. It feels like a lot of mismatched parts. But when it clicked, Atlanta was under a little bit of pressure, and they dealt with it. Brad Gazan, and, and go back and watch so many sequences where either Gazan made a play or Defender in front of him made a play. Ooh, they made a mistake. Brad was constantly talking about either praising or saying, hey, let's fix this. That was something that the second half of last season after he was injured, you just didn't get out of the goalkeeper position. You had different personalities back there. They were quieter. They weren't that vocal leader like Brad Gazan is. And you need that. I mean, the the play where I think uh, Gutman gets a, a body across on a shot from right at the corner of the sixth, and Brad's yelling at him, like congratulating him. Goodman kind of shoves Brad over, like you know, it's it's good. The vibes are good back there, and they get the clean sheet to go along with the hard work, and that's what they needed.
2: Um, can we do it again against Portland? That's our next opponent on Saturday.
4: Yeah, Portland's a team who is dealing with what we dealt with last year—a ton of injuries. They've got three guys who are coming back from knee surgeries that won't be available for this one, two more that didn't play and were listed as out against St. Louis on Saturday. Uh, Christian Paredes was injured in that game. Evander, their big signing, is not 90 minutes fit right now. So they're they're dealing with a lot, and they lost their last two. I, I think for Atlanta, what they have to do against a team like Portland that is a little bit on the older side is push the pace. And we saw that when you needed to see it in Charlotte. You know, Game State plays a lot into it. This is one where you can look at the numbers and, and try to you know, tell a story that, it, oh, it's a closer game than 3 0. If you just look at the sheet, well, it was 2 0 after 11 minutes. You know, like the, the intensity drops a little bit at that point. If Atlanta United can have that kind of a start against Portland when Portland is on the road, That makes it a very difficult day for the Timbers. The hot start was the biggest difference in this one.
2: Jason, always good to talk with you, man. Great stuff. Uh, Let's hope we can keep it moving. Jason Longshore, the analyst for Atlanta United. And uh, next up is Portland again on Saturday. Pre-game at 7, kicks at 7.30. Jason, have a great day.
4: Thanks for having me on, y'all. All
2: All right, guys. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Mike and I have been talking a lot about some of the moves. and there There are literally moves happening as we speak. Uh, We're going to get you caught up in all the latest coming up in our NFL Blitz. Bryant McFadden is on the way as well, coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. Mike, one guy uh, leaves the Eagles. The other guy decides he's going to play. Jason Kelsey is going to come back and play for the Eagles in 2023. That is a big deal, guys. All-pro center. You talk about Hertz and his success. um, He gets his guy back. And then Javon Hargrave, a guy we talked a lot about. 49ers got better today. They already have, I I think, the best defense in the Mm. league. And I know they go to Philly and get beat down, but, you know, you had a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball five yards.
3: Right, and the one name that I think we probably mentioned more than anything first was Jeron Payne, and the, you know, Washington locked him up, and then Hargrave was the older guy of the, as far as the best defensive tackles available. Nothing against Onyemata, who's his own, his own talent, but Hargrave basically signed, in essence, a two-year deal. Uh, and it's much less money than I think Falcon fans, at least what I thought was going to be. And I don't know if they felt at age 30 that was the wrong way to go with a longer term. I don't know. I just thought, here's the best defensive tackle. We need the best defensive tackle. Makes 49ers sense. got the best defensive tackle to go along with the best edge rushers and everything else they got over there on that team.
2: Yeah. So lots of moves offensively, defensively. For us, it's pretty simple. We took care of one of our own guys and Chris Lindstrom. They sign him to the largest deal for an offensive guard in NFL history. Uh, Johnny Smith gets traded for from the Patriots. And then we are signing David Anyamada, who is a defensive tackle for the New Orleans Saints. And, and one of our guys who follows us, it's I think it's Coach Mike, who mm-hmm. says, this is what I don't like about coaches when they come over from other teams.
3: You start to rely on other guys that you know about. It happens all over the NFL, guys. But again, Ryan Pace comes in from Chicago, and i got to be honest, Carl and I both kind of rolled our eyes when we heard we were getting him involved and in how much that means you're going to get X Bears. Well, Elijah Wilkinson worked out pretty well. Yep. Sometimes it does work. You know, we've got to figure out what we're going to do with the rest of this offensive line. We could really take care of the entire offensive line right now. Orlando Brown is available, that you pointed out. But uh, it's a it's a developing story, as you like to say, but the first moves have been made.
2: Coming up, what if I told you that they are going all And a move that was made proves it. We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.